Every league, every team, every game, every season. 8 to 10, tell a friend. This is where the experts meet to speak on approach. You want to join the conversation, got to pick up the phone. Oh, yeah. All right. It's the verbal version of the replay, the recap. The game seven, the draft, preseason, the rematch. Players and coaches, the man keeps you posted. Whether you're rooting for the home or away. Dirt, turf, hardwood, grass, a clip. We keep the conversation going and we cover it all. So when it goes down, you know the score. When it come to sports talk, this ain't no small talk. This is the big leagues, the ball is in your court. The best place for debate and point of view. After further review, you know what to do. Hey, 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 what's that going What's that going What's that going Yeah, I know. We late, man, but it's all good, man. You know what I mean? I hope them stimmies hit on time. You know what I'm saying? This is after further review 2.0, a.k.a. the sideline pass. You are in the building, man. A little late, but nevertheless, we're here. All right? Um, I got my man, um, the ubiquitous Bob James is in the building with me. We like to call him PDJ and all that. So we here, we doing what we do, man, every Wednesday night, live and direct like we do for y'all, like we've been doing it for y'all for like the last couple of months now. Twenty twenty one, new season, new vibe, new day, all that. Um, man, it's a lot of stuff to get into, man. You know, and I really don't wanna stay on the same you know, know how I give it up, man. You know what I mean? Um, we're gonna talk a little football free agency, we're gonna talk some NBA, it's the second half, so we gotta get into that. We're definitely gonna talk some baseball, because baseball season starts in like two weeks. Um, we're gonna get into that. We're gonna get into some other stuff too. I got my hockey people covered. I got y'all, man. All right. Um, and once again, man, it's it's women's history month, so we're gonna delve into that a little bit, man. So rock with me, man. This is after further review two point oh, aka the sideline pass. Hope everybody filled out their brackets. All right. Uh for some reason I think that this is still gonna be an exciting NCA tournament. For some reason. I I mean for the fact that you know, you really don't know who's going to win this thing. You know, um, a lot of people are, are counting on, you know, uh, you know Gonzaga to finish this thing undefeated. But uh, the odds are against it. Um, I got Gonzaga in one of my brackets to win it all. You know, um, we're going to talk about that a little bit, talk about each of the brackets. Um, we got first four or some stuff going on tonight, man. Right now, man, um, as we're looking at it right now, you got the Richmond Spiders leading Toledo, 64 to 58. All right, that's what's going on right now. And you got uh, Western Kentucky and uh, Maryland, St. Mary's of California. That's later on tonight, man, doing what we do. All right, so, um, you know, I got my final four, man. My final four was looking a little, it's looking a little crazy, I know, but I, I said, you know what? This year, man, I'm just going to throw caution to the wind. I'm not really trying to, you know, stand on that square, you know, as far as the Final Fours are concerned. I think, you know, the one the one that I did pick, I picked um, Purdue, Illinois, Texas, and Gonzaga. Now, I think that you're going to have to put at least one Big Ten team in the Final Four. I mean, there are nine Big Ten teams 
in the NCAA tournament. And, I mean, the Big Ten, you know, that bracket, that, that, that conference is very, very good. You know, um, I think that when you talk about, you know, um, a, a particular, a particular uh, uh, bracket or a particular region in the tournament, you know, some stand out, you know, and I look at, you know, um, the, the bracket that, you know, uh, Illinois and Purdue are in, and you look at them and you say, wow, you know, I think, you know, Purdue can, can, can do some things in this tournament. And I don't think a lot of people are talking about Purdue. They're talking about, you know, the Ohio States and, you know, those things, you know, those guys and stuff like that. So, again, man, um, when you talk about um, this NCAA tournament, it, it could be a toss-up, man. I'm not expecting, you know, um, you know Gonzaga or, you know, to, to finish this thing. Somebody's going to knock Gonzaga off. Um, Michigan's the number one. I'm not expecting them to, 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 to finish out. Um, Illinois is the number one. That's another Big Ten team. So, again, man, they, they actually do have a chance to pull off that thing like they pulled off in, in 85, man, with um, with uh, the, the Big East had three teams in the final four. They had St. John's. They had um, Villanova and Georgetown, okay? And Villanova and Georgetown ended up playing in the final. Um, we're talking about the West region, man. It's Gonzaga's to have. I mean, you know, um, an interesting matchup. You look at Tennessee and Georgetown. Georgetown's been playing very, very decent basketball as of late. Big East champions. They won the tournament, even though, you know, they did Patrick Ewing dirty. You know what I mean? At Madison Square Garden. But we're not going to, you know, we're not going to really dwell on that. You know what I mean? Because that's over and done with. Um, an upset I could see in, in, in the West region. You know, I think that um, Colorado's ready to be had. I think VCU is on a mission. Um, you know, quietly, I think VCU, you know, having the season that they had, man, you know, you can't really count them out and, and think that just because, you know, they're a 11th seed in the tournament that, you know, they're, they're going to just, you know, turn, you know, they're going to say, hey, we're happy to be here. You know, I think that they, they um, had a, you know, very, very decent season. And they can play with anybody in this tournament. They can play with anybody in this tournament. So I'm not saying that, you know, um, they're going to win the tournament. But look at them. They were 19-7 overall. You know what I mean? Out of the 8-10 conference, the Atlantic 10, they were 10-4 in the 8-10. You know, and I think that, um, you know, when you talk about a team like VCU, they're one of those teams that can make a, you know, that can, that can pull off an upset in this tournament. I'm not sleeping on none of them. You know, none of those teams that can, you know, possibly pull it off, man. Um, again, in the West, you got... The top three teams in the West region, Gonzaga, Iowa, Kansas, okay? Um, the fourth team will be Florida State, okay? So, again, Florida State's matchup against North Texas, they're expected to win that. A lot of people are picking them to be a sneaky Final Four team. Um, Iowa, the kid Garza for Iowa. I think if, you know, they can, you know, get through what they need to get through, man, you know, you're looking at a potential second-round matchup, uh, Iowa and Texas Tech. Texas Tech was in the in, in the um, in the final last year. So again, man, um, that 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 West region, man, with Texas Tech um, going up against Louisville in the first round. Iowa's playing Grand Canyon. Okay, um, Kansas is playing Abilene Christian. These are sounding like easy games to win. Colorado and VCU. So when you talk about um, Colorado and VCU and Kansas and Abilene Christian. I think VCU is going to beat Colorado and Kansas is going to be Abilene Christian. All right? 
Then you got Tennessee and Georgetown, Florida State and North Texas. Georgetown, again, like I said, they're playing decent basketball. Patrick Ewan has those guys, you know, really, you know, everything to gain and nothing really to lose. A 12th seed, they're biggest champions. Um, and, again, I think they're going to represent well. Tennessee better come prepared. Oklahoma and Rutgers, that's another game, another team that, you know, better be prepared to play. Because Rutgers is no joke, man. You know what I mean? They ain't get that number nine ranking for nothing. All right. Um, over to the other bracket, the South. Because the West champion will play the South champion in the final four. All right. The South, the South region, number one is Baylor. And number two is Ohio State. Number three is Arkansas. And number four is Purdue. Now, I have Purdue getting into the final four. Um, their first game against, I think it's uh, North Carolina Greensboro, I think they should win that game going away. I think Purdue, you know, they're going to, you know, the more they, you know, get into this tournament and, and, and start winning games, I'm feeling confident. I think that they'll be ready for whoever um, comes out of that matchup with Villanova and Oregon State. Okay, Villanova's ready to be had. I think if Oregon State can concentrate on um, just playing defense and not turning the ball over, I think that they can, you know, they can beat Villanova. Um Virginia Tech and Wisconsin. I think Wisconsin is going to win that game. Shout out to my man, Stevie K. Wisconsin is one of those teams that you always have to watch out for them. I, you know what? I'm almost guaranteeing Wisconsin getting to the Sweet 16. Almost guaranteeing Wisconsin getting to the Sweet 16. Um, the rest of the South region has Creighton waiting to play. Uh, the winner of the um, one of the, the uh, first four in matchups. And um, you have Arkansas and it's East Washington. Uh, again, Arkansas better not sleep. East Washington is one of those teams, again, that nobody's thinking about. They're a 14 seed, and um, they, could, they could potentially pull off a, a nice upset in Bloomington, Indiana, against the Arkansas Razorbacks. Um, Florida and St. Bonaventure, number seven and number 10 in the South region. I'm looking at Florida, you know, doing some things. It's going to be a close game coming down the stretch in that one. I think St. Bonaventure is going to uh, represent themselves very well, but I think in the end, Florida is going to beat them in a well-played basketball game. Um, then you have Ohio State and Drexel. Shout out to Drexel for getting into the tournament, but I think that Ohio State is going to, um, you know, I'm not going to say beat the brakes off of Drexel, but I think they're going to, you know, um, beat Drexel, and again, they're going to, you know, move on to the, to the second round of the NCAA tournament. So in the South, again, like I said, Purdue, I have Purdue coming out of that region. Okay, I think Purdue can, you know, beat, you know, uh, UNC, that's uh, University of North Carolina, Greensboro. I think they could beat them. I think they could beat, they could win their, their second uh, round matchup against either Villanova or Oregon State. It's probably going to be Oregon State. And then they would play the uh, winner of the uh, Baylor, Virginia Tech, Wisconsin situation, which will probably be Baylor, but I wouldn't be surprised if Wisconsin knocks Baylor off in the second round. I wouldn't be surprised. You know, so again, I'm looking at Purdue, and maybe we might get a Big Ten matchup in the second round in the South, Wisconsin and Purdue. Okay? Um, and then in the bottom half of that region, you know, Creighton is doing their thing, even though they lost, you know, to Georgetown in the Big East final. They got blown out, but I think they're still earning their number six seed. Um, they're going to play whoever wins against Arkansas, East Washington. I'm saying it's going to be Eastern Washington. So they're going to play. They're going to play Creighton, and then you have uh, Florida against Ohio State. All right, coming out of that second round in the South. All right, in the East, this is a very interesting region. Okay, the East. You have Rick Pitino, 
you got Jawan Howard, you got Roy Williams, you know, you got Maryland, West Virginia, Houston, Missouri, you got Loyola, uh, Chicago, you got Sister Mary in the building, uh, Oklahoma State. This is a very, very interesting Connecticut, UConn. You got a very, very interesting region right here. The number one seed in the East region is Michigan. All right, Jawan Howard got these guys, you know, go, you know, playing, you know, some very, very good basketball towards the end of the season. They weren't really playing at the top of their game, but it's okay. They're number one seed in the East. Um, they should, you know, get by Oral Roberts, um, which is the 16th seed in the East, and then they would play the winner of the Oregon and North Carolina matchup. I think that's a very, very interesting game. Um, North Carolina, I think they, you know, um, they're where they need to be right now. Number nine seed is not where they're usually um, at, but, again, they're in the tournament. So, again, playing a team coming out of the West like Oregon, um, very good matchup for North Carolina, and this is going to be a barometer of, you know, where they are as far as this whole season is concerned for North Carolina. This season went crazy for them in the ACC. So if they can get a tournament win and move on and, and see uh, Michigan – in the uh, in the second round in the tournament, Michigan and North Carolina. Wow, that would be a that would be a nice matchup. All right. Then you move down to um, Connecticut against Winthrop, the five twelve matchup in the East. Um, you know, UConn's going to do their thing. They've been playing good basketball this year. Winthrop is not a team to be slept on, but I think you know if UConn wants to um, you know break that five twelve hex, there's usually somebody you know in that five twelve matchup gets, you know comes away getting upset. So if UConn doesn't want to, you know, add on to that to that dubious history of being a five upset by a twelve, they should beat Winthrop. Um, West Virginia and Liberty, that's another matchup where, you know, West Virginia, you know, needs to um, you know, prove you know, prove that they're dominant and beat Liberty and move on to the second round and, and have a very interesting matchup with Connecticut. All right. Then the um the other half of that East region you have USC against Maryland, the six and eleven matchup. And you have Houston going against Moorhead State. Now, if I'm Houston, the Houston Cougars, if I'm Houston, I'm watching out for Moorhead State. And you know what? I'm going to pick Moorhead State to beat Houston. Okay, you have to pick, you know, some, some upsets. You have to pick. So I'm picking Moorhead State over Houston, all right? Uh, then you have the 7-10 matchup in the East. is Missouri and Loyola and Chicago. Uh, at Sister Mary and all of them, is she going to, you know, bring a good luck charm to Loyola Chicago against Missouri? She might. She just might. All right. Um, then you have the two fifteen matchup, Oklahoma State against Rick Pitino. This is another one. That's why I said this reason is very, very interesting. Rick Pitino taking the Iron the Iron Gales to the NCAA tournament. Okay, and they, you know, they actually won their tournament. They won the MAC tournament. That's how they got in. So, again, at the end of the day, I'm, I'm looking at the Iona Gales as possibly an upset over Oklahoma State. I think Rick Pitino has these, these, these kids believing that they can, you know, do something special. And I think that the first step to doing that is knocking off a number two seed in the NCAA tournament. And I think that uh, Oklahoma State would be primed for that. And, and again, Iona, Iona can't fall, fall behind. You know what I mean? They can't fall behind. When I mean fall behind, I don't mean by four, six, that's nothing. I don't mean I mean by ten, fifteen, like that. You know what I mean? So that that's how I feel um where the upsets are gonna come. I think there's gonna be a couple of upsets in the East Region. I think that um Moorhead State is gonna knock off Houston. And I think Iona is going to um uh, be Oklahoma State in the East. 
right? And the last region we're talking about now, we're going to talk about the Midwest region. Number one seed in the Midwest is Illinois, all right? Number two seed is Alabama. Number three seed is Texas. That's Shaka Smart and his, and, and his crew. And the number four seed is Virginia Cavaliers, all right? Um, interesting matchups. In, 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 in this situation right here, you got San Diego State against Michigan State, all right? You got Alabama and Cleveland State. Texas and Colgate is going to be a very interesting game, you know? Um, and when you look at LSU and, uh, 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 was it, University of California, UCSB, I think that's an interesting matchup. Um, but coming out of this, coming out of this side of the tournament right here, the Midwest, this region, I think that Texas can, can pull some things off. I'm looking at Shaka Smart and them being a quiet number three, okay? They have to play Colgate in the first round, and then they'll, they'll, play, they'll play probably uh, Clemson in the second round. And then I think they can, you know, do what they need to do. And then, you know, moving on and playing, you know, either uh, whoever comes out of the Lucas Oil uh, a stadium situation with San Diego State, Michigan State, Alabama, and Cleveland State, which it'll probably be um, San Diego State. I think San Diego State will be Alabama if they ended up, you know, if they played in the second round. And they get to the Sweet 16, I think Texas and San Diego State would be a very, 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 very good game. But I think, again, at the end of the day, man, um, San Diego State is, is where they need to be. And I think that, you know, if they want to prove to the rest of the country that they've, you know, been slept on and people not paying attention to them, because they've had a very, very gaudy, gaudy record the last couple of years. So I think if you want to, um, you know, put some money on San Diego State, get into a Sweet 16, you might want to do that. All right. Um, you're going to say, yo, well, what about the Syracuse Orange? I mean, that's my team, Syracuse. And um, they got in, you know, 16-9 record. Um, again, when you talk about Syracuse, man, this is, this is just a typical Syracuse year. They're going to play a number, um, you know, 11C against, you know, Wichita State, okay? And um, they're going to end up probably playing either uh, Clayton. They'll play Clayton, all right? If Syracuse beats Wichita State, then Syracuse will play Clayton. So, again, um, when you sleep on Syracuse, that's when they win. When you kind of expect for them to do some things, that's when they let you down. So I think right now it's, you know, we're going to see what Syracuse does. They got to get in against Wichita State. We'll see what happens with that. But, um, again, man, uh, we rocking and rolling with the NCAA tournament. We are in the building. Check us out, man. Shot the further review 2.0, a.k.a. the sideline pass. All right? That's what it is. So, yeah, man. So what we're going to do, we're going to take a pause to the cause, man. And then um, after this pause to the cause, we're going to come back. We're going to rock with you till 10 o'clock. We're going to get into some baseball. We're going to get into some NFL with um, Pretty Boy, Pretty pretty Bob James. Get some hockey talk going on. And uh, whatever else you want to talk about, man. All right? We got the three-minute rant, 954 is the math. And uh, we'll get at you on the other side, all right? After further review, 2.0, a.k.a. the sideline pass. Let's get it. This is our time. We play without limits. We create without rules. We are not for sale. We connect with the whole world. 
idea we've shaped. Every relationship we've cultivated belongs to us. We demand the freedom to be our uncensored selves. And when something challenges that, we change it together. This is our time. Let's start a revolution. Let's MeWe. Join the revolution at MeWe.com. 2.5 KZOK with Daddy Bonaducci and Sarah. Danny, describe Hollywood for me in 15 words or less. No problem. I left as fast as I could and came to Seattle. Danny Bonaducci and Sarah. Mornings on 102.5 KZOK. My name's James. For six years, I was a garbage can druggie. I would do any kind of drug I would get my hands on. But here at Teen Challenge, I've walked away from that drug lifestyle for good. If you know an adult or teenager who is struggling with a chemical addiction, Teen Challenge is there to help. Please, don't wait. Call us today at 417-862-6969 or reach us on the web at teenchallengeusa.com. Do you want to capture the best memories you can? Is wanting to preserve those memories your goal? Do you want your memories to last a lifetime? Do you want your memories to look beautiful in pictures? Well, if you live in Southern Oregon or Northern California, there's one place you could go to save those treasures for a lifetime. Grateful Heart Photography. Abigail Summers is your solution for capturing your favorite moments and memories like birthdays, graduations, weddings, family portraits, single shots, and more. She can also capture the finest scenery shots around and make them available all across the country and around the world at a price that can suit your budget. So if you're looking for the right photographer that can help preserve your legacy, look no further than Abigail Summers at Grateful Heart Photography. Call Abby today at 5 5- 541-423-5704 or messenger at freedomlake.com slash grateful heart photography or heroes.app slash pages slash grateful heart photography much of her work is displayed there feel grateful for the memories captured by grateful heart photography during this crisis over 37 million people don't have access to nutritious food that's one in 12 seniors and one in seven children But there is a way we can all help with Feeding America. Their network of 200 food banks are up and running, distributing food to communities in need around the country. If you need help or if you can help, please visit feedingamerica.org to locate a food bank in your community. Together, let's feed the love. Hi, I'm Jonathan Clark, one of the most known voices in all of professional wrestling radio, here today to talk to you about a very important cause, autism. Autism is one of the world's most serious diseases and can affect us within all age demographics. It doesn't matter how young or old you are, autism can sneak up behind you and change your life and the way you perceive it to be for all eternity. Autism can affect the way we talk, the way we act, the way we speak, the way we look, and how other people tend to look at us in this very cruel world we're being brought up in. That's why I'm reaching out to you today, encouraging you to log on to AutismSpeaks.org to make a donation and offer your help in finding the cure for autism. AutismSpeaks.org will offer you some very helpful information on how you can play just a small role in finding a cure for one of the world's most serious diseases. 
I myself know many people who've been affected by autism throughout the years, and it's time we all come together and find a cure for this very frightening disease. I'm Jonathan Clark, the most attractive man in all of Internet Radio, telling you that you can make a difference. I'm Marie Osmond. Choices, some are minor, others life-changing. But what if your small choices matter the most, like the stairs or the elevator, baked or fried? What if these small choices determine if you'll be the one out of every three women who die of heart disease this year? These choices might not seem life-changing today, but women are dying of heart disease at the rate of almost one per minute. Luckily, it's mostly preventable. Choose to act. Our hearts, our choice. Make your choice at GoRedForWomen.org. If you love tie-dye, you'll love tie-dye and dream it. You can style in great handmade tie-dye clothing, such as T-shirts, sweatshirts, and even masks, which come in handy during this COVID-19 pandemic. The best tie-dye work at affordable prices. You can order your favorite items online at freedomlake.com slash tie-dye and dreamin', heroes.app slash pages slash tie-dye and dreamin', or you can call Abigail Summers and Susanna Caton at 541-423-5704 anywhere in the United States. Born in the Pacific Northwest, Tie-Dye and Dreamin' is the place for you. Give us a call and start Tie-Dye and Dreamin' today. Hi, this is John Therios. If you're looking for action-packed classic fun, look no further than one nostalgic weekend. Up in the sky! Look. It's a bird! It's a plane! It's Superman! So fasten your seatbelts every week for a trip back into time. Only on One Nostalgic Weekend. Saturdays and Sundays, midnight Eastern, 9 p.m. Pacific on Action VR Network. 102.5 KZOK with Danny Bonaducci and Sarah. What would you say is the strangest thing you've ever ridden? Well, uh, I've ridden an ostrich, but I'm really looking forward to being strapped to the front of a hydroplane. Danny Bonaducci and Sarah. Mornings on 102.5 KZOK. See, lately I've been seeing others judge others based on their appearance and how they dress. Saying you gotta look a certain way to go to Christ. See, I think different. Check my swag. I'm filled with the spirit. Yeah, yeah, I'm telling. I'm putting the rings and I'm feeling. Yeah, they quick to judge me. And they don't even know me. Look if they take a second. See, I'm filled with this glory. Check my swag. I'm filled with the spirit. Yeah, yeah, I'm telling. I'm putting the rings and I'm feeling. Yeah, they quick to judge me. See, I'm filled with this glory. I go by the name forgiven. Cause simply I'm forgiven. 
I sold my soul to God, confessed my sins, and then he cleansed me. People steady judging, based on my appearance. Yet they see them tattoos and earrings, assume that Christ is in me. I could change your perception if you take the time and listen. He gave me a second chance and he put me on a mission. I ain't never killed nobody, had no warrants, and went to prison. I sold and did drugs, I'm ashamed, I must admit it. Think I never got addicted, mad off and committed. Most of it was peer pressure just to fit in a recognition. But now it's all different, he's the reason my better living. The reason that I've written every verse you hear me smitten. Back then I might have lost faith and forgot about religion. Come to think about it, I was faking and pretending. I don't need no herb, cause with Christ I'm always lifting. So if my parents is my only bad habit, I guess I'm good. Check my swag, I'm filled with the spirit. And yeah, I'm telling, I'm putting rings and I'm feeling. Yeah, they quick to judge me. And they don't even know me. But if they take a second, see, I'm filled with his glory. Check my swag, I'm filled with the spirit. It. In return, I spread his word to make them understand. No matter what they feel, it's never too late to start changing. And the end is coming soon. Read it up in Revelations. My goal to show you it's real, no matter what you gotta face it. It ain't no way around it. So stop the pump faking. Realize you need Christ, and without me, you won't make it. And you know I speak that real talk in every conversation. Man, I'm unashamed, and I tell that to the public. The truth might scare a few, but I promise it's gonna touch you. Make a difference from a distance, and I call that getting buckets. And I praise a whip both hands. They looking at me like I'm with, I shout out that I love them I overcome anything, I ain't scared of nothing Any weapons thrown at me shall prosper, that's why I trust them Forget my swag, I'm filled with the spirit And yeah, I'm tatted up with the rings and I'm feeling Yeah, they quick to judge me, and they don't even know me But if they take a second, see I'm filled with this glory What's that going on? We back in the building, man. After further review 2.0, aka the sideline pass. We are doing it Wednesday night live and all that. Um, talking about the NCAA tournament a little bit, man. How you guys doing? Y'all alright? Y'all good? I mean, y'all, you know, dealing with what you gotta deal with. You know what I mean? Brothers trying to get nice and you wanna get outside and you know what I mean and all that stuff and try to get back to some kind of normalcy. But yo, I'm gonna tell you. Be smart, yo. That's all I'm going to say. Yo. I can't tell you what to do. You know what I'm saying? But just be smart. I want to see you all around. Because a lot of people who we thought was going to be around is not, not here. You know what I'm saying? So, again, um, do your due diligence. Listen, man, I had to break down today, man, and get me a, a new computer, man. Yeah, I had to go get me a new computer, man. I, I, I you know, took advantage of some things and and caught me a little computer, man. So now I feel a little bit better. I think that we're going to have things going in a new direction now and all that good stuff, man. The shows will be popping. 
know what I mean? We're going to have y'all going, you know, doing some things, man, getting with us, man, you know what I mean? Because I think we do have the, um, the best show. Even though it's like, you know, it's not a, a lot of bells and whistles and we don't beat you in the hell with a lot of numbers and all that. We just tell you actual factuals, you know what I'm saying? And uh, we, we, we know what we're talking about over here. So rock with us, man. The whole unit over here at XNVR Network, we get it popping. And you already know we do, so don't lie to yourself. All right, um, my hockey people, I got y'all covered. All right, some scores going on right now. Wow, it's going down at the Garden. Rangers 7, Flyers nothing, second period. Wow, Ottawa trails Vancouver 2-1 to one in the third period. 9 o'clock, they drop the puck in Winnipeg. Montreal is going to visit them, the Canadiens are up there. Um, Edmonton is visiting Calgary. They dropped the puck at 10. San Jose is out in Las Vegas visiting the Golden Knights. They dropped the puck at 10. And uh, the Los Angeles Kings hosting the St. Louis Blues. They dropped the puck at 10 o'clock. All right, we got a score in Winnipeg. They just scored. All right, a minute and five seconds into the game. It's Winnipeg 1, Montreal nothing. The New York Rangers coaching staff out due to COVID-19 protocols. Um... You know it's it's gonna get it's gonna get a lot worse before it gets better, you know. So again, this, the only thing you can do is you know do your diligence, man, and um, you know just try to you know try to you know stay stay uh, healthy and safe, man. That's all you can do right now. Um, I'm gonna go through like maybe the top five teams in the NHL, man, and what they could use, okay as far as the uh, trading deadline. The trading deadline is less than a month away, and it's time for these teams to start getting their affairs in order. And we're going to start with the Toronto Maple Leafs. I think that what the Maple Leafs need to figure out is their goaltending, all right? Um, they could stand to add, you know, a defenseman, all right? And they could even use some depth in the front line. But I think that making a strong play for some goaltending help could, you know, be a, uh, a changer for them down the stretch, all right? Um, nine, you know, ninety um, percent is not gonna get it. Okay, Toronto ranks in the bottom half of the league in save percentage. All right, and um, you know, playoffs, you have to have consistent play at the goaltender position. All right, and I think that um, you know, this team is really desperate to get over the hump. They're a good team. Even they're better than a good team, but the goaltending, you know, might be their downfall in Toronto. All right, the New York Islanders, they need some scoring, all right? Their defense is crazy, all right, but their offense is so-so, all right? So I think if they added a little bit of, of offense, they could make a deep run in the playoffs. They could use some scoring on the wing, you know what I mean? And, 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 and somebody who could provide some depth for them at the center position, all right, as far as the Islanders are concerned. Uh, Carolina Hurricanes, they need some – Veterans. They need somebody, you know, a, a locker room presence, a presence on the ice. Um, you know, their goaltending could be a, a, a issue for them. You know what I mean? Um, I mean, but I mean, it's been, you know, solid. But I think the really why, the reason why I said it would be an issue because they had an injury to Peter Mazurek. So again, um, you know, Carolina should look to add some, you know, um, depth on their uh, on their bench. Maybe some, you know, some some muscle. All right. And again, um, they they need to get their step that step that up because they you know I think they're anticipating a, a, a nice playoff run in Carolina. Okay, um, my team, Las Vegas Golden Knights. You already know, 
and I call them my team because I like them from the beginning. And, you know, you know, I'm a New York Rangers dude, but I think the, the Las Vegas Golden Knights have been very, very consistent. Um, they still need, you know, to add some scoring depth. I they can't really have, you know, be aggressive as they've been the last couple of years because they don't really have much, you know, uh, wiggle room in the cap. So I think that they can make, you know, a, a few smaller deals that add up to big deals. I um, and if they could add some goal scoring to their bottom six rotation, that would be okay. All right. Um, the Tampa Bay Lightning, they really don't need much. They already have one of the deepest and most talented teams in the NHL. Um, and another problem for them, they don't have any money. All right. Um, again, you know, um, when Nikita Kucherov comes back, I think that would be like them making a, a free agent acquisition or making a trade for a top-line player. So I think that's how that's going to work as far as the Tampa Bay Lightning is concerned. All right? That's what it is, man. We talk hockey, too, over here, man, so don't get it twisted. Uh, Major League Baseball. You already know, man. Um, Oh, yeah, this is what I wanted to talk about. LeBron James. You know I don't mess with LeBron James, right? And now, so he decides he wants to become part owner of the Boston Red Sox, huh? So he's really going to catch it. I mean, this dude, man, he, you know, I think that he's a crazy, 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 like, his head just spins when it comes to, you know, even allegiances or loyalty. He's from Cleveland. He's not a Cleveland Browns fan. He's a Yankee fan, allegedly. Um, I think that, you know, when you talk about, you know, last year when, the, you know, the Dodgers, you know, won the World Series, he had on the Dodger jersey, okay? Um, I think that, you know, he's going to have a, a, a problem. Well, I mean, he's a basketball player. He's a basketball dude. So he could dibble and dabble, you know, as he chooses. You know what I mean? But, again, at the end of the day, he just gave a cat like me some more ammunition to, to, to fight at him and having a reason because I'm Yankees all day, hard body karate. And this dude is, is, is part owner of the Boston Red Sox? Word. He don't have no idea how deep this run. All right? First, this dude is a Yankee fan. Then he's a Dodger fan. Then he's an Indians fan. Then he's a Cubs fan. Like, he don't got nothing on Drake. LeBron don't have nothing on Drake, yo. Know what I mean? His connection to the Cleveland Indians. I mean, he's from, he's from that area, all right? Um, when the Cleveland Indians were in the World Series, LeBron was there. That was the famous, you know, put the weed down episode, you know. Um, but I guess, you know, he's, he's, he's from their home area, so I guess he could have that, that one given, right? Then you got the Miami Marlins. He also rooted for them, okay, when he was a member of the Miami Heat, all right? Um, the Yankees. You know, he says he was a Yankees fan growing up in Ohio, all right? And, uh, again, at the end of the day, man, um, this dude needs to make up his mind. That's why I can't really get with this dude. He was also spotted in a full Chicago Cubs uniform back in 2016. You know what I mean? So, so you know, I, I don't, that's why I don't mess with this dude. I don't mess with this dude. You know, I don't, I don't mess with him. And I hope, you know, wish him nothing but the best. He's a great asset to the NBA and all that good stuff right there. But as far as when you're owner, part owner of the Boston Red Sox, now you're going to cross the enemy lines. 
And I think that um, what LeBron is doing is, is great for LeBron. You know what I mean? What is he going to do? You know, what you know, players is he going to attract to come to Boston? Okay? So I think that when you, when, when you talk about a guy like LeBron James, who's an ambassador um, to basketball and, you know, and, and, and wants to be involved, and I'm not mad at him being involved. I'm not mad. But you just picked the wrong team, man. You just picked the wrong team. The Red Sox, really? What you know about? What does LeBron James know about the Boston Red Sox? Besides, they play at Fenway Park, and they had Big Poppy. What What does he know about the Boston Red Sox, yo? And and, and that's that's you know uh, again you know he he's a dude that likes to have you know ownership in in, in sports franchises. I'm not mad at that. Remember, he was. You know, uh, he owned 2% of uh, Liverpool, okay, the soccer team back in 2011, okay? So, again, he, you know, he's, he's doing what he needs to do for LeBron. Um, it's, it's, it's really, really crazy. So when you talk about LeBron being a, a part owner of the Boston Red Sox, now when he goes up to Boston now to play, you know, against the Celtics, it's, it's crazy because, again, remember, what LeBron James did as a member of the Cavaliers and a member of the Miami Heat to the Boston Celtics. So, again, and remember that, you know, LeBron has, you know, like we mentioned earlier, cheered for the Yankees. Okay? So, you know, and that's the Boston Red Sox biggest rival. So, I don't know, man. You know, he, he's, he's, you know, uh, getting with his, his friend and partner, Maverick Carter, you know, and, and they're, they're going to do what they need to do as far as, you know, being co-owners of the um, Boston Red Sox, and I think that's all I want to even say about that, yo. I'm not really worried about what LeBron is doing with the Boston Red Sox. I don't want to give that any more shine than it deserves, man. It really doesn't deserve, um, you know, shine like that. Um, let's talk about what these teams are planning to do as far as the fans returning back in 2021. Uh, we're going to start at the beginning, man. Um what the Arizona Diamondbacks are going to do, they're going to have fans at opening day, all right? What the Diamondbacks are going to do, they're going to move forward with a plan that's limited to about 25% capacity, all right? When you talk about Chase Field, that's about 12,100 fans, all right? The Atlanta Braves haven't made up their mind yet on what they want to do. Um, they're probably expected to set a capacity soon. They're aiming for about 25%. And I think that um, what's going to happen is I think they have a good idea. They're going to revise their their plan, what they're going to do with the fans from on a month-to-month basis, you know, depending on, you know, how the you know, pandemic evolves. All right, the Baltimore Orioles will allow 25% capacity all right, at Camden Yards on opening day, which will be about 11,000 fans. The Boston Red Sox will put 12% capacity on fans per minute. All right, that means about 4,500 fans will be allowed in the stands at Fenway Park. Um, in Chicago, all right, the mayor, Lori Lightfoot, has decided that the uh, Cubs and the White Sox may sell tickets for 20% of their available seats. All right, so that means that the White Sox will be able to sell about 8,000, a little bit over 8,000 tickets, all right, to their home games. And the White Sox home opener is scheduled for April the 8th. Chicago Cubs, the Cubs home opener is scheduled for April the 1st. 
and the Cubs should be able to sell about 8,200 tickets to uh, Wrigley Field for their home games. Cincinnati Reds, they're going to open at 30% capacity. That's about 12,700 fans at Great American Ballpark. All right. Um, they're going to have seating pods. So I guess it'll be like a, a bubble within the stadium. All right. For no more than six people. And I guess it's going to be recommended that they be from the same, you know, the same household. And you will have to wear a mask at Great American Ballpark in Cincinnati. Cleveland's going to allow the, the Cleveland's going to allow 30% capacity, about 10,500 fans at Progressive Field. All right. Seating pods for no more than six people. All right. Same thing as they're going in, that what they're doing in Cincinnati. In Colorado, they're going to allow up to 42% capacity for fans at Coors Field. So um, opening day in Colorado, they're going to have a little bit over 21,000 people there in, in, in the stands. The Detroit Tigers have not decided what they're going to do yet. They're working with their local government on details to help them work toward what they are going to eventually decide. Houston Astros will open up at 25% capacity. They will allow about 10,300 fans at Minute Maid Park. Kansas City Royals are waiting for details. They have confirmed that they will have a limited number of fans at Kauffman Stadium during the 2021 season, but they have not released specifics regarding the percentage of limited capacity. The Los Angeles Angels are allowing 25% capacity in the spring training games, but they haven't announced any guidelines for fans at Angel Stadium. The Dodgers are allowing 18% capacity at their spring training games, but they have not announced any guidelines for fans at Dodger Stadium. Miami Marlins, 25% capacity. That translates to about 9,300 fans. I, um, again, you know, they, they're trying to make sure that, you know, everybody's healthy and safe in regards to what's going on with this 2021 baseball season inside this uh, pandemic. Um, Milwaukee will be at 25% capacity. All right. The Brewers have requested 35% capacity from the Milwaukee Health Department, but they reached an agreement for 25% at American Family Field in Milwaukee, which would be about 10,500 fans. All right. Uh, Minnesota probably will have opening at Target Field at 25% capacity. New York Yankees will have 10% capacity at Yankee Stadium, which would mean about 5,500 fans. All right, the Mets will have 10% capacity as well. That'll be about 4,500 fans at City Field. Oakland, uh, the A's have not decided yet um, to uh, what they're going to do in regards of uh, letting fans into the stadium into this stadium for this season. Philadelphia Phillies are going to be at 20% capacity for Citizens Bank, which would mean about 8,800 fans permitted. All right. Um, the Phillies announced that the tickets to their first 19 regular season games will be offered initially to season ticket holders. So if you just want to get a ticket, I think you're going to have to wait it out. I think the tickets are going to be, you know, for the season ticket holders first, which is, you know, which is probably the fair thing to do. Uh, Pittsburgh, 20% uh, capacity, 7,800 fans will be allowed to attend games at PNC Park. All right. Uh, San Diego Padres, they have not determined yet for an official plan for fans at Petco, but um, they're aiming for 25% capacity or about 10,000 fans to start the season. Uh, the Giants, San Francisco Giants, they haven't decided on anything uh, 
uh, solid at Oracle Park yet. So we're, we're still waiting on that. Seattle, they are um, allowing a certain number of fans at street training games, but they don't have any details for T-Mobile Park this season as of yet. St. Louis Cardinals will have 32% capacity to start the season, roughly 14,500 fans at Bush Stadium. Tampa Bay will have 7,000 fans at Tropicana Field in socially distanced seating pods, but no official announcement has been made as of yet. Uh, the Texas Rangers, Globe Field, okay, they are going to do what they, they they're going to be at 100% capacity. All right, April the 5th. 40,518 fans will be allowed for their home opener, all right? Um, but I think that the thing about that is that the fans will have to wear masks, you know? So, um, again, and the Texas Rangers are going to use socially distant seating for games after opening day, which is all right. Uh, Toronto Blue Jays are going to play their home games in Florida to start the season. That's because of the ongoing Canada U.S. border closure because of the coronavirus pandemic. Um, it's unclear if fans will be allowed at TD Ballpark in Dunedin, Florida in the regular season. Currently, the club is allowing 15% capacity for spring training games with tickets sold in pods of two or four and socially distanced throughout the ballpark. And the Washington Nationals will have 5,000 fans in attendance for their April 1 opener against the New York Mets in Washington, D.C. at Nationals Park. All right, that's the rundown on on uh, you know what the plans are as far as these you know teams allowing fans and for the upcoming twenty twenty one season, man. I just hope everything goes according to plan, and um, you know everybody can you know have a have a healthy season, man. And you know some somebody's gonna you know come down with a situation where they're not you know gonna be in the best of health, and we're gonna have that to worry about and and things of that nature. So. Again, man, I think that um, we just have to, you know, uh, you know, work this thing out, man, and, and, and do your due diligence, man. That's all you can do. We can't tell you what to do, but, again, if you want to, you know, you know what it is. We're not going to, you know, we're not even going to get off into trying to preach to you or none of that. Um, where's PBJ at? PBJ in the building? Uh-oh. Um. Yeah, I wanted to talk about some, some free agency moves in the NFL. And, you know what I mean? If you want to get into that a little bit. You signed a backup for Tua, huh? Yeah, I, I, I'm still shocked over that one, too, because we don't know for sure what's going to be happening with Tua. You know, are we going to be surprised with Tua? Is he going to show a lot more of what we expected him to show? Or is uh, or, or are we going to we be having Jacoby Brissett? Coming in at some point in the middle of the season to start for over to uh, that's the type of thing I'm kind of worried about there, you know, with that one. So we'll have to see. Hopefully, Tua is a much better player now than he was last year for his rookie year. You know, we all could be surprised. You know, no one, no one wants to see the Dolphins start winning more than me. So that much I'll say. I think that I think that's kind of a it's kind of a waiting game. The Houston Texans, you know, they want to, you know, they, they, if they had it their way, they would have, you know, Deshaun Watson. But they know that they can't keep that dude. They know that they can't keep him. So they, you know, they, they're they're trying to wait him out and stall him out. And you say he's willing to, you know, give money back, even just, you know, when training camp starts, he's not going to play. 
he's not playing for them. So I think the Houston Texans, if they want to try to get something back for Deshaun Watson, they got to make a move. Because I don't think Deshaun Watson is going to blink. You know, um, they, they, they used to text me went and signed Tyrod Taylor. Okay, that's fine. You know what I mean? But again, at the end of the day, man, you know, you're going to, you better, you know, keep Tyrod Taylor that system. Tyrod Taylor is going to have to learn that system because Deshaun Watson is not interested in it. All right. Um, what, are, what are we what are we hearing about? What are we thinking in regards to where um, you know where the free agents that are haven't been signed? I think there are about ten or twelve of them that haven't been signed, and 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 and, and they're out there floating around, twisting in the wind. Um, Kenny Galladay, Curtis Samuel. I think Curtis Samuel went to Washington. Okay, Anthony Harris, um, Melvin Ingram. Juju, Juju Smith-Schuster, they talked about him a lot two weeks ago. Nobody's now nobody's saying nothing about him. Okay? Hassan um, Reddick. All right, he's talking about guys like Will Fuller. Pastor Peterson signed with the Vikings. So Will Fuller, okay? He he hasn't signed with anybody. But Davion Clown, he's, he's back to being a free agent again. You know, so so what, what, what's your thoughts on some of those names right there, Bob? And I want to get your uh, opinion on something else that I heard, too. But what's your thoughts on, you know, some of these free agents that are still out here? A lot of wide receivers out there. A lot of them out there, you know. And it's, um, you know, it's going to be something to see where they sign. You know, there are a couple of them, I, of course, I would like to see come here to Miami. But, uh, you know, for the most part, when you really look at this this thing, you know, reality is, you know, I mean, you know, there's just some of them are just holding out for more money off of to the team that they were just simply uh, released from. Mm-hmm. You know, and teams will just simply resign them. You know, if they're still going to show themselves out there because no no one else is going to want to pay the money that they're asking for. You know, and the teams teams are going to give in. As far as Jadavian Clowney goes. <laughs> He as each year goes by, he's wanted less and less. Right. He really is. I mean, you know, I mean, you know, he did. You know, I mean, you know, when him and JJ Watt were working together, they had a couple of years where it was great to see those two uh, working on the same team like they were. Still didn't help the Texans get, uh, you know, uh, get to a Super Bowl. But but Clowney, after a while, people got tired of. Uh, the way he was, you know, I mean, you know, he had some maturity issues when he was younger, but, uh, mm-hmm. but, you know, I mean, you know, that, that, that would be expected. Yeah. I mean, the Davion Clowney, I mean, you know, off that one play in college, all right, then he decided that he's going to sit out and wait for the draft, you know, and everybody was on to Davion Clowney. He was the next thing, the next big thing, you know what I mean? Like you said, they had a couple of years of use with J.J. Watt, you know what I mean? Then, you know, he becomes a vagabond. He's bounced all over the league now. You know, and like you said, he's asking for money that he really don't deserve because he can't stay healthy. Okay? He only played eight games last year. So, I mean, how, how do you, you know, how, how is that supposed to be attractive to a team when you haven't really been on the field like that in the last three or four years? So, that, that's, you know, and, and Juju Smith-Schuster, what's going on with this guy? He's just 24 years old, all right? And he still was doing his, you know, still doing what he needed to do, I think, you know, but again, 
I think it has to be something else for Juju Smith-Schuster. It has to be something else for him. Yeah, because, you know, know. yeah, why hasn't a team signed him yet? Right. Right. That's right. You know? And another another uh, player that's, that's on the free agent list, Melvin Ingram. You know, he's been to the Pro Bowl three times, nine years with the Chargers. He's got the fourth most sacks in Charger history. And, um, you know, he's a lo- another guy that, you know, it's like, why? You know, what's, what's going on with him? You know? But um, I guess, you know, we have time to figure it out between now and, you know, when, when, when training camp starts happening. You know, Kenny Galladay, he's another one out there. The Giants have been, you know, um, connected to him. And I think that would be another weapon for Daniel Jones if they can get Kenny Galladay. That, that would be a good look. So, yeah, man, it's, it's, it's a lot going on, man, and, and a lot to discuss and a lot to talk about, man. Um, keeping it on, keeping it, keep, taking it back to the baseball chamber, man, for a minute. Um, I don't know, man. When you talk about taking it from a 60-game season, which was last year, to a 162-game season, were you trying to, you know, get everything back, you know, to some type of normalcy? You know, um, I'm expecting a lot of, you know, players to get injured in the first couple of months of the season. Um, I'm expecting, you know, some things to to, to be uh, hampered by, you know, um, the inactivity and then stretching the season out. Because, again, um, you know, I I, I, I want to say that, you know, everything will go back to normal, but it's never going to be normal. Never. You know, and again, when you say normal, what does normal really mean in the grand scheme of things? You know, um, so when you talk about, you know, this, this Major League Baseball season that's upcoming, I'm, I'm, in, I'm, I'm always in anticipation of a baseball season, always. I love baseball, but I think that um, I don't want people to, you know, think that because you know the baseball season is back and everything is going to be in, in full, full, you know, full bloom. I don't want to think that you know forget about what we're dealing with health wise. You know, um, what have we learned so far at this halfway point of the um, exhibition season? Because again, like you said earlier, opening day is two weeks away. Two weeks away, all right? Um, let's, let's, let's talk about a few things that we've seen so far in the exhibition season, um, what I've watched. Your man Shohei Otani from the Los Angeles Angels is killing the ball. Last year, it was a disaster. He had Tommy, Tommy John surgery. Um, last spring, he was, he, was, he was just lost last spring, Okay. Um, he's 26 years old, right? Um, he's crushing the ball in spring training, seven for 13. Um, I think that you know the, you know, the Angels would like him to be a two-way player. You know, um, he's looked very good on the mound in spring training this year. Um, last year, his fastball was like 94, and he didn't throw a pitch above 97 and a half. All right, and um, I think that before the uh, elbow gave out, he needed Tommy John surgery. His fastball averaged 97 miles an hour. And and I think it was topped out at 101. 
So I think that right now when you go into the first two starts into this spring of 2021, um, that velocity is coming back for Otani. All right? He's throwing up to 101 miles an hour. Um, he's starting to, you know, um, become more familiar with a splitter, okay? He didn't really, you know, trust it at all last year. But, again, um, I think that when you talk about Otani, he's looked like, you know, he did in 2018. So, again, if he can, you know, be that guy that can, you know, pitch once a week and, you know, be a DH, then I think that, um, you know, the Angels, you know, one of those teams that are going to be slept on, you know? Um, again, he is going to be one of those dudes that if he can have a season with him, Rendon and Pujols and, and, and Mike Trout, you know, and the Angels might be able to, to do some things to put some heat on the Houston Astros in that um, American League West. All right? Jacob DeGrom for the New York Mets. He's still doing his thing. He's won the Cy Young Award twice. All right? Uh, one of the best pitchers in baseball. You know, he's going to be 33 years old in June, all right? And I think that um, when you talk about, you know, uh, velocity and age, you know, it tends to, you know, tend downward. But I think with Jacob DeGrom's case, um, it's tending upward, okay? Um, I guess that, you know, DeGrom is, is really, you know, doing, you know, um, different, you know, different things with the baseball here, you know? Um Two years ago, three years ago, DeGrom's fastball averaged 96 miles an hour and topped out in 100. All right? It was 97 and topped out in 100 in 2019. All right? And it was 99 miles an hour and topped out at 102 last year, 2020. All right? Now, the other day when he threw, his, his fastball was sitting at 100, between 100 and 102 miles an hour. All right? So he's throwing that hard in spring training, 100 and 102 miles an hour in March. So I, I think that, you know, um, maintaining that velocity throughout, you know, 162-game season um, when, when, when he has to, you know, um, really be on, on point for a team that really needs Jacob DeGrom to go out there and give him 30, 30, 32 starts of quality baseball, you know what I mean? And I think he's the guy that can do it. And if he can keep that velocity, you know, up up to that that triple digit level, he's going to be a problem. I mean, he's already he's got two Cy Youngs. So again, I think that um, you know, if he can you know be that beast, and um, the Mets are, the Mets will be on to something. I the guy that the Yankees got from the Pittsburgh Pirates, Jamison Taylor. I uh, he hasn't been in the, in the in the major league game since 2019. All right. He's had two Tommy John surgeries. He didn't pitch at all last year. Um, so I think the Yankees just, you know, took a chance on a guy who hopefully can, you know, provide some insurance. And I think if he can provide, you know, some stability and prove that he can come back from his rehab and, and, and look like a new pitcher, um, again, he's changed his delivery. He's shortened his arm action. And I think that, you know, um, that can, you know, give him some longevity to his career and what he needs to do now. I think, you know, um, if he can, you know, make 25 to 30 starts, you know, and I think he'll be all right. And I think that will give him more confidence, man, pitching with, you know, a guy, you know, now with Garrett Cole and all that who used to, you know, be, you know, be with on the Pirates. 
So, again, you know, it's going to be a little bit of familiarity there with that. You know, so I think Jamison Taylor, I think that, you know, if he can, um, you know, be the guy that, you know, did what he did back in 2016 through 2019 with the Pirates, then he might be on to something, you know. Um, the biggest question in baseball, especially in the American League, is Tony La Russa and the Chicago White Sox. I, I don't think that, you know, um, Tony La Russa is or was a bad, you know, a uh, bad pick, you know, to be manager. He has history there in Chicago. The White Sox are a good team. Um, I think that when you talk about what they're going to do in Chicago, they're expected to do a lot. They're expected to do big things. And I think with Tony La Russa, man, um, who was inducted into the Hall of Fame in 2014, it's, it's a difference. It's, you know, it's, it's, it's crazy to see how that old school – you know, um, way that La Russa was a, uh, a champion of is going to mix with, you know, these youngsters, okay? Um, again, when you talk about, you know, guys like Timmy Anderson, you know, one of the best, you know, shortstops, you know, not one of the best players in baseball, you know, and you know how he is, you know what I mean? So, again, you know, dealing with Tony La Russa, it's going to be a whole different, you know, situation, but I think that Tony La Russa is looking forward to the challenge, Okay, I think he, you know, again, again, Tony La Russa was one of the the the, the forefront uh, forebearers of the um, analytical era when he was with Oakland. So analytics is not foreign to Tony La Russa. You know what I mean? So again, I think that you know now coming with these kids who have a different mindset, I think that that's going to take some getting used to, and Tony La Russa making his managerial decisions. That might not be, you know, um, agreed upon, but I think that he knows what he's doing, and I think as long as he, you know, they respect him and what he's done, he could definitely have a rapport with these new, you know, these new wave, new type players. Because again, they're going to respect Tony Russa. You know, Tony Russa got World Series championships, so you know you can't you can't be mad at that at all. All right. So again, man. Um, I'm looking forward to this baseball season. It starts April the first, and uh, we're going to be right, you know, right back in the mix, in, in the mix of talking about, you know, um, my favorite game, you know, Major League Baseball. And it's great to have, you know, the fans coming back in the limited capacity. And hopefully, we can get that thing where, you know, all the stadiums are 100% full. You know, so that's what that is right there. This is after further review 2.0, aka. The sideline pass. Everything is everything on a Wednesday night. I hope y'all are all right. Y'all doing what y'all do. Y'all feeling good. All right. Everybody's running around, you know, you know, happy and you know, got a little a little money in their pocket and all that good stuff right there. So I hope you're doing what you need to do and don't spend all that money in one spot. You know what I mean? And and, and keep and keep your keep your business to yourself. Because it's serious out here. All right. Um I think that we can, you know, look at this uh, upcoming Tyson Fury, Anthony Joshua situation and say, well, hey, it was bound to happen, you know, and I believe it when I see it. Okay, we, we've been down this, we've been down this road before. They said the contracts have been signed, and that's a beautiful thing, you know. So um, I'm not really going to jump out the window and say who's going to win this fight or whatever. I'm just going to, you know, once they get closer to it, I guess we'll, we'll have some things to talk about. Um, 
We lost a great one, man. We lost a great one the other day, man. Marvin Hagler, man. Wow. Marvelous Marvin Hagler. Okay? Um, one of the, you know, most respected, you know, one of the great fighters of the generation. Um, one of the dudes that a lot of people that, you know, didn't want to fight. Um, you know, he, one of the um, architects of the greatest round in boxing history. April 15th, 1985, all right? Marvelous Marvin Hagler and Thomas Hearns, the first round of that fight. If you have never seen that, watch it, okay? Um, I think that, you know, the last fight in Marvin Hagler's career, he fought Sugar Ray Leonard in 1987. Um, I won some money that night because I went for Sugar Ray Leonard. Neither was a split decision. Sugar Ray Leonard won that fight. And Hagler never fought again after that. He retired um, in 1988 at the age of 34. He moved to Italy. Um, he was an actor. You know what I mean? I remember the right guard commercial. That was that's, it was funny. You know what I mean? But um, Marvin Hagler, man, one of the one of the all-time greats, man. He never was stopped in any of his three defeats. Um, he got knocked down in, in 1984 against Juan Roldan. Right? But he says this should have been a slip. Um, he's one of the four kings of the 1980s. And for all you new cats and you youngsters that don't know nothing about, you say you know about boxing, and it, nah. No. This era is a bunch of uh, 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 soft touches, a bunch of wimps, and a bunch of uh, 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 scary cats. Okay? The four kings, when we talk about marvelous Marvin Hagler, Thomas Hearns, Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, all of them fought each other more than once. You know what I mean? So that's why they're always going to have the respect, the respect, all right? Not the admiration or the, 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 the you know, they're going to be like looking at these guys like, oh, you know, these are the be-all, the end-all. No. They'll, they'll look at you and, and, and celebrate you in that way, but you don't have any respect. All right, a lot of these cats out here that's, that's, that's boxing, they're buying respect. You go in the ring and you earn that respect. And I think Marvin Hagler, man, um, was one of those fighters, man, who always, you know, he earned his respect, man. And, you know, one of his, the first times, first fights I saw um, Marvin Hagler fight was when um, he fought, um, I think, was, was it Anno Fermo? Was it Vito Anafermo? Yeah, Vito Anafermo. Yep. Vito Anafermo. Um, and Marvin Hagler, that's what, that was the first, I think it was, was that 79, that was the first time I saw Marvin Hagler fight, you know, and um, again, you know, he was one, you know, that, that went on to do his thing, and I think that, you know, boxing took something from him, and I think that, um, you know, he, 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 he was really dis, you know, disenchanted with the whole situation and the whole game, and he left. And um, he, he left, leaves a, a, a lasting memory, man, decades later. And, and still being one of those guys who, you know, all-time great, being respected, you know, you know it's really, really a sad situation. He, he, you know, he passed away. And hopefully, you know, um, his wife said that he passed away peacefully. So at least that was, you know, that's a positive thing. So, again, at the end of the day, man, Marvin Hagler no longer with us. Um, may he rest in peace, man. All right? This is After Further Review 2.0, a.k.a. The Sideline Pass. We are in the building, man.
Um, we're going to do the three-minute rant, all right? And then um, we're going to get up out of here, man, all right? I got my new computer. I'm feeling lovely right now, you know what I mean? Uh, make sure you check out PBJ, a.k.a. Ubiquitous Bob James, a.k.a. Bob James. Actually, view our network in the building. He's got his football uh, shows popping. All right, you know, he's got his draft thing going on. Uh, we're definitely going to be in the building April 29th, all right, NFL draft. So make sure you check out Active VR Network. Hopefully we'll have Sonny Cruz rock out with us. Um, I'm interested in seeing how this draft is going to work out. The New England Patriots are spending wild money, all right. They try to get back in the building. Cam Newton for $14 million for one year. Um, they're, putting all, they're putting all their chips to the table. They're putting all their chips to the table saying they're going for it right now. And I think that that AFC East is going to be a very, very serious division, and Buffalo better watch out. Buffalo better watch out. New England is coming. Um, I'm hoping the Jets can do something that could put them on the map and really, really make that AFC East division a lot of fun. If they can somehow get Deshaun Watson to MetLife Stadium, the AFC East becomes one of the best divisions in football. The AFC East. Comes one of the best divisions in football. Yep. Yep. It sounds crazy, right? If the Jets get Deshaun Watson, New England's got Cam Newton, Miami's got Tua Tagovailoa, right? And Buffalo's got Josh Allen, who's supposed to be the best quarterback in the division. What are we doing? And all of these guys, you know, playing up there, you know, Cam's got a chip on his shoulder, all right? Tua, you know, he's going to finally get, the, you know, everything handed to him, okay? And, and and the Jets, if they, you know, I don't see the, I don't see Sam Darnold being the Jets quarterback on their first, uh, first weekend of the season. I don't see Sam Darnold. I don't see Sam Darnold being their quarterback. I think see Sam Darnold going somewhere. He could have went to Washington, but Ryan Fitzpatrick went to Washington, so... I don't know what that means, but I think again with a guy like Ryan Fitzpatrick, who is you know not a slouch, okay. All he has to do is is, is make sure that the offense does what they need to do because the defense of Washington is a beast. So they're gonna they're, they're gonna take care of things on their on their side of the ball. I'll just make sure that um, Ryan Fitzpatrick can handle what happens in Washington. I mean, Washington doesn't have a bad team. All right, they don't have a bad team. Let's get that offensive line together. And um, you know, they have a running back. His name escapes me right now, but he was decent. None of, I mean, they had some receivers. So, again, what they do is um, they can surprise some people. They can really surprise some people and uh, make them run in, in Washington. And then the NFC East, because Dak is back in Dallas, you know. So, again, how that division pans out, we'll see. There's still more to be talked about and still more to be discussed, all right. Um, this is after further review 2.0, a.k.a. The sideline pass, we are in the building Wednesday nights. You know how we do, now we give it up. All right. Um, the three-minute rant starts right now. All right, the three-minute rant tonight, I want to talk about something that's going on in the WNBA. Um, the WNBA, their offseason, you know, the um, Minnesota Lynx and the Chicago Sky, they made some moves. But again, I think this, you know, 25 years of WNBA is a it's a beautiful thing. 
If you haven't never if you haven't been watching WNBA basketball, you should. Um, the Minnesota Lynx are coming off a season which nobody expected them to make the playoffs, but Crystal Dangerfield and Nafisa Collier, you know, got them to the semifinals last year. Then they added um, three-time All-Star guard Kevin McBride and Ariel Powers. All right, and all of a sudden Minnesota went from a team with you know little expectations to a lot for the playoffs. All right, um, Chicago Sky. Um, they signed Candace Parker, all right? And, you know, she was the best free agent available. Um, you know, Chicago's been their thing. They've been, you know, decent for a while now, but I think that they've always been around in the middle of the contender situation. But I think now with Candace Parker, they can really, you know, make some moves and do some things. She gives them an extra bit of star power that they really kind of needed to take that next step, all right? Um... The worst offseason, Indiana. They don't really do anything. They need seem to be, you know, happy just being a lottery team. You know, all the other teams, you know, Liberty, you know, the 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 Atlanta Dream and Dallas Wings. They, you know, try to you know make strides and get better. You know, Indiana decided to sign a pair of veterans who won't really make a much of an impact on you know what the team does. Daniel Robinson has never really been a significantly impactful player on offense. Jontel Lavender has played since 2019 because she broke a bone in her left foot. All right, and she missed the entire 2020 season. All right, um, the Los Angeles Sparks. You hate to see it, yo. They were, you know, uh, they, you know, they dropped out. You know what I mean? Um, they were unable to sign Candace Parker. They didn't get a chance to re-sign Chelsea Gray. Um, you know, they, the face of their franchise is gone. One of the best point guards in the league is gone. So the Sparks are about to see some. Some, some seriously dry times down there in L.A. as far as they, you know, WNBA basketball is concerned. Um, I think one of the, you know, moves at the Seattle Storm, you know, they did a lot of things that was kind of, you know, twisted. You know, they lost Alicia Clark. She was a free agent. Um, Natasha Howard, who requested a trade. Um, I think that, you know, some, you know, some organizations are not as strong as others. That's basically it. And when you have a team like the Seattle Storm and they have a, you know, a Brianna Stewart, you know, that could kind of like, you know, you know, re- you know, uh, cover smooth over what's going on with the other players, they can make it work for them. All right. This is after further review, man. Two point oh, aka the sideline pass. All right, we're about to get up out of here. All right, thanks to my man PDJ. All right, the whole unit, Action VR. Make sure you check us out. Make sure you check me out on Twitter at RMDeath. Make sure you check out the group on Facebook after further review 2.0, a.k.a. the Sideline Pass. Make sure you check out my crew, No Knockoffs Radio. Man, we in the building Friday, Saturdays, and Sunday nights from 9 to 11 Eastern time, all right? I'm about to get up out of here, man. Y'all be good. We'll talk to y'all next week, all right? And um, stay up, all right? Take me home, Bob. Let's get up out of here, baby.